Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all of these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. Blue Wire. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm joined by Justin Thomas of Nets Republic. Justin, how heated are we? Oh, very. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm a scorching inferno right now. That's not, that's not even a number. He's, he's creating <laughs> scales out here. Look, we're talking about, obviously, the Miami Heat game. We'll also dive deep into a little Ben Simmons, James Harden stuff as well. But, Justin, let's get to the final quarter, the final plays, because Kyrie Irving was incredible. Paddy Mills sparked and ignited the run as well. Cam Thomas had an awesome first half. But talk me through that final play in where... You know, Steve Nash wanted to get the ball into Kyrie Irving's hands, but the Nets just couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody knew what was going to happen, right? You, you figure, uh, all right, 13 seconds left or however many seconds left it was. Ball's getting into Kyrie's hands one way or another. Uh, credit, I will say credit the Heat for stopping that. I mean, you could see that Cam, once that Kyrie Irving first pass wasn't there, I mean, he looked like a deer in the headlights. Um, thank God Blake kind of gave him the uh, – outlet because I thought they were going to call him for five seconds after that though you could tell the play was dead and it was just a case of uh, Cam Thomas just being a rookie deer in the headlights just trying to get the ball to Kyrie and you know I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna mince words like the refs absolutely botched that 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 was a foul Lowry grabbed Kyrie's jersey multiple times um, but no whistle was called they go down PJ Tucker hits the free throws and that's game over yeah, and you could even make an argument that Bam was you know, grabbing and, and yanking on, on Blake on the inbound as well. It just seems to me that because of the Miami Heat's reputation as being this physical sort of team, gritty, all that sort of bullshit that you want to put in there with PJ Tucker, Bam, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, that you know, it's it's sort of like a reputation sort of officiating. Whereas the Nets, because Kyrie Irving isn't that sort of player, he's finesse and, and purity and, and and artistic in the way that he plays. And Paddy Mills is just all heart and he's just a bit of a small bloke out there. It just seems to me that the whistle is just not consistent. And that's all as fans that we ask for. And, you know, there were a couple of fouls early in the first half. You know, you and I were chatting about them where Bam is just like, you know, just full on hip and shouldering AFL style, you know, Paddy Mills into a, another universe. It's. I think the most. I wouldn't. We wouldn't be talking about this if the Nets, you know, had have gotten blown out, which a lot of us probably expected after going down by. I think it was twenty-one. I think it was like sixty-eight to eighty-nine before they, you know, got a little bit of a run towards the end of the the third quarter, and then Patty hit a couple of threes. It's frustrating because I think that I've said this on other occasions as well. You know, the Nets, with the way that they've been playing in some of these games during this eleven-game losing streak, they deserve to win. You know, against the Miami Heat team that is fully healthy, the number one seed in the East, the Phoenix Suns, uh, at the Golden State Warriors where Kyrie Irving went off as well. All of those games were just like, man, the Brooklyn Nets deserved more, you know, with the way that they're playing. And you, know, you, you look at the process here and we hear Kevin Durant sort of say, you know, yeah, we're in shit right now, but, you know, all it takes is one win. And it felt like tonight could have been that one win. 
if it wasn't what for some like pretty poor officiating. And the most egregious one was Jimmy Butler using his funny bone elbow to literally knock out my Australian brethren like he was going to concuss him. And apparently we're allowed to do that now. It's Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl tomorrow, Justin. And apparently they've got the same rules in NBA basketball as well, mate. I don't know what's going on with it. Yeah. I mean, to your point about the reputation, yeah, the Heat do have that reputation. They have guys on their team that have a reputation of being physical defenders, right? Lowry, Butler, P.J. Tucker, and the refs do let them get away with that. We even saw it in the playoffs last uh, last year with the refs letting P.J. Tucker kind of be more physical with KD as opposed to other players. Um, and also, I mean, it, it kind of goes to who the Nets had out there on the floor, right? You have three rookies out there. Rookies are never, ever going to get the benefit of the doubt. We already know how how poor of a whistle Kyrie gets. Um, in terms of like the Jimmy Butler, uh, Patty Mills play, you know, clearly wasn't bad intentions because you saw them, you know, dab each other up afterwards. But still, I mean, it happens right in front of the officials. You know, even if it's not intentional, that's still a foul, you know, because if it's the opposite, if it's the other way around. Right. And it's, let's say, you know, Kessler Edwards elbowing Tyler Hero. That, that that's they're probably going to the board for for a review. So, yeah, no, the the, the officiating definitely wasn't consistent, which is upsetting. Uh, like you said, the net, it just felt like a game that the Nets just desperately should have won. Um, but you know what? On an optimistic standpoint, maybe like this is something good, right? So we talk about the uh, the Golden State game, right? A chance to win, right? On a uh, an undermanned team. Uh, Phoenix, there was a little bit of a chance to win there. Uh, even tonight, right? Against the Heat, one of the best teams in the league. And this is all with three rookies playing significant minutes down the stretch, right? This is without... Seth Curry and, and Andre Drummond, who were unavailable tonight, right? Uh, this is with Kyrie Irving having an absolutely piss-poor game up until the fourth quarter. Patty Mills wasn't that great until the fourth quarter. So there's a lot of things that, like, yeah, it's doom and gloom, 11 straight losses, that sucks. But you know what? You kind of got to be positive because let's let's be honest. Like, if KD is out there, this game, <laughs> this isn't a loss. Bro, if Andre Drummond's out there, this isn't a loss in a lot of respects. Well, Seth Curry, like you mentioned, we'll touch on them in a little bit and the timing of James Harden and Paul Millsap's physicals. But in saying that, you know, the Nets outscored the Miami Heat 35 to 24 in that final quarter. And Kyrie Irving was just on one. You know, he's obviously his box score for the night looked a lot better, you know, come the fourth quarter compared to what he was putting up in the first half. I'm not sure if you have what, what he was shooting from the first half, but he finished the game with 29 points, five assists, two steals, Liked his defense in the first half, as well as the second half for that matter. Three of eight from three, 10 of 22 from the field, six of six from the free throw line. Should have had a three or four or five more than that. He was truly remarkable. He had like 20 points in the in the final period. I think he had like 16 or 18 straight. And some of them were just like, he got triple teamed. He was getting knocked over by Jimmy Butler. It was some of the most glorious offensive basketball that you can do. And Kyrie Irving's one of the only players that can produce pl- plays like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we go back to the play with he literally went one on five against the Miami Heat. And he's just dribbling all around the court. It kind of looked like a uh, Harlem Globetrotters type play. <laughs> um, but, yeah, 18 straight points, 20 in the quarter. You know, and up until that point, he was he was bad. Like we can't we 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 don't have to sugarcoat it. He was playing horribly. He had people on the timeline, say, you know, saying like, oh, you know, it's due to him being a part time player. Oh, this is as bad as like the Harding game. And you know, what? not 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 for nothing. But I don't think anything we'll see this season will be as bad as the Harding game. Like Kyrie could have shot over twenty, and it still wouldn't have been as bad as the Harding game because at least Kyrie was trying. Um, but yeah, no, this this was. Uh, just, a, just a special performance in the fourth quarter from Kyrie. 
Um, th- th- this is what this is the price of admission, right? You pay the price of admission to see guys like him do things like that. So couldn't have asked for not to say you couldn't have asked for more for Kyrie because obviously you would like it. But, you know, it's unfortunate that this great of an effort in the fourth kind of came in a losing battle. It's even more unfortunate that for the next seven of eight games, Kyrie Irving is unfortunately not going to be able to play. Ryan Rucco was going off on the Yes Network with pretty valid points. I think all of us are, are pretty consistent. Yes, we're pro-vaccine or whatever, but the consistency about the mandates and how they affect home players uh, in New York is uh, silly to say the least. Let's put it that way. But I've written down the notes, Justin, and I kind of just want to go through them You know, in the fourth quarter. So the Nets are down 15. Paddy Mills hits two threes. And you know he was igniting the team. And uh, into the timeout, he's just like, let's go, let's get this going. It's about like you know nine, sort of 10 points. I think it's about like an eight point to 12 point um, deficit. And then Kyrie hits two pull up threes in a row. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, oh, one of these isn't going to go. And, and I'm just like, Kyrie, don't do it. Don't force it. But it was just like, he he makes bad shots look good so often that I'm just like, nah, just do your thing, man. You are the most gifted, one of the most gifted players that I've ever seen. He's driving to the rim. He got triple teamed on that one. It was like 97 106. And he had 13 straight points at that time. He hit another jumper where he was hit onto the floor and he should have had, you know, because he's like him and I've said this before on the buzz and I, I know you share the same sentiments as me because Katie and Kyrie play the game with a sense of purity and respect and they're not hunting, they're not flopping, they're not Chris Paul, they're not Kyle Lowry and they just play their games and they get fouled in the process, but they don't you know, exaggerate contact like LeBron James might do or Chris Paul, like I sort of alluded to. It's just, it's not fair. You know, I, I'm frustrated about it. But then, yeah, he had, he had 18 straight. And then he made a really good pass to Kessler Edwards. Or it wasn't him that made the pass, but it was, it was he was double teamed. I think he passed it to Dayron and then Dayron passed it to a cutting uh, Kessler Edwards from the corner, which um, left the Nets with a four-point deficit. And then Cam Thomas with the most ridiculous step-back three that I have ever seen. Shout out to Dayron Sharp for, for saving the ball um, from going out of bounds as well. He was tremendous tonight. One of the best games I've seen him play as a Brooklyn Met. Um, and him and Cam were just immense. And that three ball, uh, it, I mean, you don't get a, a lot of emotion from Cam Thomas. But the fact that he was getting riled up and he was motivated, that's saying something. He was he had an inconsistent second half. But to hit that shot, oh man, this kid has got talent coming out of his ass he's every single hole in his body he is absolutely freaking insane the cam agenda marches on i feel like for every every uh every, the piece, every the piece. Where, where can we see it Justin? <laughs> what's the piece centered around we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. I don't even know. I'm just I'm just kind of living in the moment right now. You know, just I, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know where the Cam Jenner is going to take us, but I'm just enjoying this train ride as as it goes. Um, I don't know. It must be something about the last name Thomas. Not quite sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's funny. You mentioned the, the Dayron Sharp save. I actually, when he saved it, I'm like, why are you trying to save the ball out of bounds? Because like, you never, you're never supposed to save the ball underneath your own basket. But kudos to him for doing it. Led to a Cam 3. Like, like you said, we saw emotion. Cam is usually a very stoic guy um, out on the floor. Like, even when he hit that game winner in Summer League, you know, he didn't even show any type of emotion. So to see him show emotion after this three, you could tell like this game meant something to him, meant, meant something to the entire team. Um, but my God, what what a performance. I mean, it's crazy because you think going into the fourth quarter, all right, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to talk about Cam and his 15-point quarter in the uh, second. I'm like, all right, yep, this is what we got. We got to score. And then all of a sudden Kyrie's like, yeah, hold on there, Rook. Let me show you how it's done. Right. And gives us a 20 point quarter. But I mean, it was just a fantastic performance from Cam all night long. I can't really even say all night long because the first quarter he kind of struggled. Second quarter, I mean, he kept the Nets in the game. Like I don't know where the Nets would be without his scoring in that second quarter. Um, and coming up big in the fourth with Kyrie, kind of just like the Washington game, I believe, in that fourth quarter. where we, Not the fourth. I'm sorry. It was the second where it was just him and 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 and, and Kyrie going shot for shot with, for the Nets. So. I mean, this is this is a nice little little little, little uh, tandem we got going on on here. Like, at least until the All Star break, right? Yeah, I put out a tweet at halftime when Cam Thomas and Kyrie Irving share the floor. It's about 170 minutes. The Nets have 118.6 offensive rating, which would be easily first in the league this season. Cam Thomas tonight, 22 points, had four assists. I thought some of his passing, some of his decision making, for the most part, was quite good. Also had four boards, two of seven from three, four of four from the free throw line. Love to see that free throw number continuing to rise. Eight of 18 from the field. He is just a, a walking bucket. You know, he's the most talented scorer in this draft. I, I want to ask you, Justin, what was your favorite part of Cam Thomas's game tonight? Maybe outside of that step back three. And in general, what, what makes you love Cam Thomas and what keeps you, you know, making this Cam Thomas agenda thrive and go stronger than ever? It's just the confidence, you know, like I, it's just the confidence of he can take a shot. And he's not afraid to miss. I think early in the season, we saw him hesitant to shoot, especially when when Kevin Durant and James Harden were on the floor. Only because, you know, like you're a rookie, you don't, you know, you got to earn your stripes, right? Uh, but as the season went on, you know, you saw Kevin I- encouraging him, you know, hey, you know, shoot that shot, right? And we, we even had that little joke, I think it was like in the Portland game, when Cam looked off uh, KD at the top and, and shot a three. So I think that's been the most, you know, refreshing and i think that the biggest thing for me in terms of this like cam agenda is just the confidence he does confidence he has when he shoots the ball he's he's not afraid to miss he's not afraid to fail and i think his you know lack of fear is what actually helps him uh because he's not second guessing it you're seeing he looks way more comfortable shooting the three-point shot now than he did at the beginning of the season it's all coming in rhythm um even if he's taking that jab step uh it's something that he wants to do not because he's second guessing himself yeah, I'll admit I'm obsessed with his floater. I just absolutely love it. It's gorgeous. And the float find, game. You can find a, a – I'm pretty sure that there might be an article out there about that, but I'm not sure. Oh, I, oh I, I wrote one. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I was joking, mate. You know me. I'm throwing a sarcasm out there. So check out NetsRepublic.com for that piece by the wonderful Justin Thomas. The Thomas agenda continues to, to rise strong. Justin's or Cam's. But, yeah, he's just got such – 
poise and confidence for for a kid you know that's played you know 30 or so games in in the NBA led the team in plus minus was plus 11 no second in plus minus sorry because Damon Sharp was plus 24 which is pretty freaking insane um in a in a one game you know sample size but yeah he just has an array he's got a bag it's as deep as as anything else he's got you know the jab steps he's got the footwork he's got the composure He's calling KD's calling Kyle Lowry too little when he's shooting jumpers over the top of him. I saw that. It was so that. fun. I loved it. I, I I just it's weird because Cam Thomas's original idol that we heard about was you know Cam was James Harden. I think he might change you know who he who his mentor is these days, like you mentioned Kevin Durant, because KD loves Cam. Uh, I think we all we all love Killer Cam here at the buzz and, and in Nets world because he just has an array of shots and he's improving the catch and shoot a little bit. Um, his mid-range is just absolutely wet and he's driving in the ball a little bit better. He's making good decisions. There was times in the fourth quarter where he, you know, threw up some some in, ill-conceived shots, but, you know, those are you know decisions where you look back and go, okay, this is where you look at the the, the game tape and go, all right, I've got to get those out of my game. But, you know, he was super-duper important to the Nets, you know, even staying in this game like you alluded to. Uh, but Damon Sharp, well, we'll get to him because we've touched on him a little bit. 10 points, 12 boards, three dimes, had a steal as well, five or six from the field. Five or six from the field, missed all his free throws, unfortunately. It was plus 24, as I mentioned. Justin, tell me about Dayron Sharp's performance. Well, this was the best Dayron Sharp performance we've seen in probably like maybe two weeks. You know, he's been, him along with Kessler's probably struggled uh, the most in the past, you know, since, you know, during this whole kind of, I guess, James Harden saga. Um, you know, and, and it makes sense because, you know, Sharp was thriving with Harden uh, in that pick and roll type, uh, you know, space. But no, tonight he he held his own against Bam. You know, credit to him. He was active on the boards. He was aggressive. Uh, he was finishing. I know his finishing has been something that's that's come under question a lot. So it was nice to see him. You know, dunking the ball instead of you know just trying to, you know, just I don't even know what he's trying to do. Just Finesse, put it off yeah. the glass. Yeah. Uh, so no, it it, it it was great to see Dayron, and you know, obviously Dayron's not going to be the the four the the center uh, going forward for the Nets. You know, Dr- Drummond's back, and then when Lamarcus comes back, and obviously, you know, you're going to have Blake. But for right now, this was this was good. This this was a nice test for Dayron. Uh, you know, going up against uh, a formidable front court that the uh, you know that, that that the Heat throw out. So I, honestly, I, I don't have many faults with uh, Dayron's performance uh, tonight. I also heard, I think, that you know he's been already chatting with Andre Drummond about you know the little intricacies of rebounding free throws, all those sort of different things, which is I think it's going to be a really good mental for him because if you're looking at what Daron Sharp could be, you know, I think that Andre Drummond is a, is a pretty nice sort of prototype, and I think Andre Drummond, you know, he's I've thrown him pretty, uh, plenty of shade uh, across the years, but I, I think his presence for the Nets this year is going to be pretty important. And I, I think you know mentoring Daron Sharp is going to be pretty great for him as well. And yeah, he, uh, he's just such an, an amazing rebounder. You know, he got the keyboard off the Jimmy Butler free throw miss as well. Um, it's you can make a living off boards. You know, board man gets paid. It's a it's it's a it's a simple equation. And I just think that he made a a wonderful cross court pass to Cam Thomas as well, which was a hell of a dime. Um, it obviously didn't end in in a shot, but it did get Cam Thomas to the line, found him in that space. It's something that I've been looking, trying to see more from him because he showed quite a bit of it um, at college. You know, he's got a, a real nice passing acumen, as I alluded to, the three dimes. Um, and he, he showed verticality as well. I thought that he was more solid in the drop tonight. I, I think defensively he was more 
fundamental and consistent, uh, which is something that you you want to have out of your bigs, you know, because they're they're holding down the line uh, under the basket there. So I think that you know he was in in the right positions a, a lot more uh, more times than not. So yeah, I think defensively is is where I saw a little bit of of growth from him as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the big thing to remember is that he's still raw. I mean, you you look you look at his skill set. He is he's raw, but you can see the potential there. Uh, you know, like you said, Boardman gets paid. You know, you have Andre Drummond here. I know, I know the the one person that's absolutely ecstatic about Drummond on the Nets now is Greg Logan, um, <laughs> who has him. I th- what is I don't know. All defense, I, baby. All, de- all defense. You know, just because you know you grab you grab twelve rebounds and that's enough for you to get all defense, baby. Um, but no, it, I'm very interested to see like how, you know, Daron already has a, a very, you know, a, a keen acumen, especially on the offensive uh, glass. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, the, the knowledge that he gets from Andre Drummond, who's established, you know, I, I believe what three time rebounding leader already in his career. And he's only 28 years old. So it, it, it'll be interesting. You know, like you said, you know, he did a little bit better with the drop. Um, but these are all these are all skills that are just going to come from him. Is, is his future set with the Nets? I don't know, but it'd be nice. You know, he'd be a nice piece to have moving forward, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen with Drummond at the end of the season. Right. You don't know what's going to happen with Blake and all these other veteran guys. Right. So having somebody like that who, you know, can get boards for you and can be a presence in the paint is going to be big for the Nets. Yeah. And cost control, you know, with the rookie contract with him, Cam Thomas. I guess there was hopefully that two ways converted sooner rather than later. But well, we'll get to a few of the other guys. James Johnson, I don't think's really he had a, a three ball um, and unfortunately sprained his knees, which which sucked for him. You know, nine points for us in from the field uh, for him. Paddy Mills, I think was was poor in the first half. But it, the thing about Paddy is that you know you sort of compared. And we sort of talked about you know Kyrie Irving getting compared to James Harden. That that's the thing with Paddy. He's never going to not give his heart and soul, and he's always going to put up the shots. I think some of them were ill conceived. He wasn't set when he was taking them, uh, but he's still going to let it fly. You know, three of eleven from the field, three of nine from three. Did have two assists, a steal as well. You know, him and Kyrie were were pesky. You know, they were really pesky and and, and fighting there. Um, so at the end of the day, if Paddy and Kyrie had played a little bit better in the first half, then that's probably win this game as well. If maybe Steve Nash inserts Cam Thomas at the start of the third quarter rather than waiting, you know, four or five minutes to to get him in there, maybe the Nets win the game uh, as well. There's obviously the officiating, which we alluded to as well. So there's a few controllable things from the Nets that they could have had an impact on. Obviously, the external stuff with the officiating. But, yeah, it, it sucks that Paddy wasn't able to be a bit more consistent, a bit more productive in that first half. Yeah, and I, I think it just it's just, you know, not being in his regular role, I think, you know, when he signed on to the Nets, the role was going to be Patty coming off the bench, much like his role in San Antonio. Come off the bench, be that spark plug. But it's hard to be a spark plug when you're in the game to start the game, right? Like, you, so you're going to have to give energy right, right, right from the jump. Spark and then plugs run out, simple. Exactly. Um, and, you know, and it's either you, you got the spark in the beginning or you, you have it at the end, but it's kind of hard to keep that spark for the for an entire game. Um but you know, like like you said, the, the one thing I love about Patty, and it's it's he he gives his heart. Like I even like the, the the thing that sticks out to me in this game was when the Nets had cut it to I believe was it three or I know they cut it to one. It was on the uh the, when Jimmy Butler hit the the floater, right? But I could see like as they're coming out of the timeout, you know, Patty's just like clapping up, imploring the guys like one stop, one stop. That's all we need. Come on, guys, let's do it. I know he hit like Cam on the butt. He's like let's let's get it. You know, one stop. I'm like like that is so good to see. 
You know, because even in the in, in the face of adversity, right? It's you're staring an 11 game losing streak in the face, and yet you're still giving the same type of effort, the same type of heart, as if you were on a 15 game winning streak. And that's just one of the things I love about Patty. I, I love it too. Every possession matters to him. Every shot, every defensive play. You know, he's he's giving his heart, soul, his voice. You know, I'm I'm surprised. He needs to get some sort of you know alliance sponsorship with soothers or some sort of throat lozenge because that man uses his voice consistently um, and he's a, an incredible leader for this team. Kessler Edwards tonight, 13 points, 5 of 13 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, had 5 boards, a 3 steals and as well as the block um, to go with the 13 points. What do you think of the Kess Express tonight, Justin? This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A uh, little bit of a rough start. You know, like a few of the net. I mean, pretty much like almost every net tonight. Uh, but no, Kessler came up huge in the second half. You know, but one thing I I do like about Kessler, right? He's he struggled over the past few weeks, or at least the past few games. Um, the confidence in his shot. You know, that's what I really like because he wasn't afraid to shoot the three. Um, you know, he missed a few in the beginning. Cool, but. It is what it is, and I'd rather him miss shots and be confident in taking them than be hesitant and just pass out of it, you know, because, you know, scared money don't make no money. And you know what? It, 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 his aggressiveness proved to be, you know, very useful down the stretch, especially late in the game. He had some big defensive stops, grabbing some boards, uh, battling down low. I mean, it's hard, to, you know, going up against Bam Adebayo and P.J. Tucker, right? And he held his own. Even Jimmy Butler, um, you know, had a big dunk that cut the length lead to four off of that Dayron pass. So, you know, I, I enjoyed what I saw from uh, Kessler, at least in the second part of the game. Yeah, he got called for a lot of ticky-tack bullshit as well that, you know, wasn't called on the the other end of the floor for the Miami Heat. I think the thing that I've, I've been liking from him, despite the three ball not necessarily being there, is his aggression in getting into his two-point shooting, you know, whether that's getting to the line and, and earning free throws or you know, hitting a mid-ranger or having a floater. Like, he's still showing a, an aggressive mentality, which I'm you know, positive about. I know Matt Brooks put out the fact that, you know, he's probably missing James Harden and having some of those open threes. You know, when he had an open one tonight, he hit it. You know, a lot of them a bit more contested, but I, I like the discourse around, you know, he's earning different style of reps, you know, actually shooting some contested threes. You know, you're not going to have like Joe Harris looks, you know, for the rest of your career. You've got to practice it both ways. So, you know, I, I'm confident in his stroke. You know, I'm confident in the way that he does shoot the ball. You know, it's going to be up and down. You know, Patty Mills, three of nine tonight. You know, he's better than a 33% shooter. And, you know, Kessler Edwards is better than one of seven. But, you know, the volume, like you alluded to, is something promising. Uh, Bruce and Blake tonight, uh, Justin. We had uh, Bruce Brown, four or six in the field for 11 points, five boards, two steals. It was minus 23. Blake Griffin, 21 minutes, three of eight from the field, one of three from three. 27 at minus 27 did have the eight points to go with his four boards including two offensive boards and a steal both of those guys had moments but ultimately they were out there and there were net negatives i think it it just showed yeah i mean i don't think they were as bad as their plus minus shows but they definitely weren't 
you know, net positives. And I mean, Bruce did have, you know, I think he had a, a couple of and ones, you know, early in that game, especially in the first quarter. So it was like, all right, you know, it's cool. But Bruce did miss, you know, I, I want to say two or three of those floaters that, you know, would have been key to keep, you know, offensive momentum, you know, going. Uh, Blake, the same thing, you know, you, he gives you, he's, he's kind of like Patty, right? He gives you effort. Um, but he just, it's, it's just not enough, right? If, if Blake's three-point shot isn't falling, then there really isn't much else out there for him to do. And he's not, I haven't seen him take a charge in forever. Um, I don't know if, you know, the blue collar crew was just on vacation or not, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, like, these are two guys that are very niche, have very niche roles in this, on this team. And unfortunately, due to all the injuries and, you know, all the other nonsense going on, you know, they've been asked to do more. And unfortunately, more is just not in the cards for them. Yeah, especially when you don't have DeAndre Bembry. I'm, I'm, I'm living. In fact, I'll ask you about that because Nick and I discussed it. What are your th- – we'll get to uh, – any other game thoughts before I ask you about some you know, other news around the Nets? Obviously, there's plenty of that. Um, I guess the only thing I'd really say in terms of game notes is I, I liked what they did in the first half, especially I, I noticed actually the last few games, the turnovers have been down. Um, I forget what exactly they ended with tonight, but I do remember that they had only two turnovers. They were winning the turnover battle at halftime. It was eight turnovers for the Heat, only two for Brooklyn. They had eight um, for the game, Justin, only eight, eight for the game. game. So, I mean, so. And we're used to seeing, you know, Harden alone having five, six or seven turnovers in a game. So I think the, you know, protecting the basketball has definitely been, you know, on the uptick for the Nets as of late. And, you know, I don't know what the cause of that could be, you know, maybe just not being as aggressive on the offensive end, you know, trying to or just not forcing passes. But that's one of the positive things I've I've, I've taken from the last few games and in this one tonight, just not that many uh, turnovers. Yeah, obviously, stylistically, without James Harden, the Nets look like a different ball team. Better or worse, you can make the argument either way, but Kyrie isn't really sort of like a high-volume turnover guy. He's happy to play a lot of off-ball, and yeah, I think they had like two turnovers in like the first half or something like that, and obviously that increased because Kyrie was getting triple, quadruple teamed in, in the final quarter, so a lot of those did rack up them. But yeah, the, the style of basketball is certainly aesthetically pleasing. You know, that first half, if barring a, a pretty awful third quarter, you know, there's a lot of reasons why the Nets could have won this game. Some of them in, in their control, as I alluded to, some of them out of it. But I'll ask you about DeAndre Brembury. That was the first question I'll get to you, Justin. Are you as angry and as livid as I am about the fact that the guy who has been fourth in minutes for the Brooklyn Nets this season is no longer even going to play for the team? I mean, it's like it's more so like just confusion than anger, you know, because I'm just still just trying to wrap my head around why. Like, why him? Like, right, so I, I saw a tweet earlier today. It said, like, it really wasn't a uh, a money move because all the contracts have been guaranteed. So either way, no matter who you're cut, you're going to eat that contract. Um, so why why, why Bembry, the guy that's arguably been one of your better players, um, at least in in the role that he's been assigned, you know, outside of, oh, what is it, like, like James Johnson, Javon Carter, Bruce Brown, like, Bembry has been the best out of all of them. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Mate, hopefully we'll get some answers in the next, you know, days or so. But yeah, still just just very head scratching. Yeah, head scratching. You know, head pulling, hair pulling out. Um, 
I don't know if I'm going to get over this one for a little bit, Justin, until the Nets maybe start winning some games and I can get it in a more positive mindset. But in saying that, there's some other news around the Nets, apparently uh, via Adrian Wojnarowski, that the Nets are interested in Goran Dragic, as well as a few other teams, including the Lakers, the Bucks, Heat, etc. He was at the game tonight as well, alongside former Net Tyler Johnson. What are your thoughts on the Nets' interest in Goran Dragic, who is you know, no, more than likely going to be a buyout candidate in San Antonio? Yeah, I'm surprised at that because I'm not going to lie. I've just I've already pegged Goran Dragic to be a part of the Heat. Um, he spent his time this whole season basically around the Heat, which is, you know, to me it's kind of weird because he was he was on the Raptors. And it's like, I don't know. I know he was out for personal reasons, but it is kind of fishy that he was just, you know, at the Heat's practice facility and at their games, you know, but that's neither here nor there. I'd be interested to see. I'd be interested, very much interested in uh, the Nets acquiring Goran Dragic. Uh, you just get another ball handler, which I think is is key, uh, because right now, you know, with no James Harden, you know, Kyrie Irving is basically your only point guard. And yes, Seth Curry can can play that kind of backup point guard role, but that's not really what you want him in. You kind of want him in the same role that Patty Mills is in right now. So another ball handler like Goran off the bench, just to try and you know, kind of settle down the the, the second unit uh, per se. Uh, would be monumental for Brooklyn. Yeah, and I think it just increases the Nets' offense and 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 ball handling. I think is you know a huge priority for the team. Uh, I I wouldn't hate it in in any stretch of the imagination, especially with Kyrie Irving still unfortunately a part time player. But we also got a few updates around Kevin Durant and Joe Harris. KD spoke to to the media. He said he's a few weeks away. Um, he he had you know a few fun quotes as well that. He didn't give to Ernie or the TNT crew, but he was given to some of the, the Nets reporters as well. He said, I'm, and I quote, I'm feeling better, much better as each week passes. It's slow, but I'm looking forward to ramping things up. Justin, do you have a, an idea of when you think Katie might be back? Will it be right after the All-Star break? Will it maybe a week or two after that? When are you hoping? When are you thinking? Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've heard through the grapevine. I'd probably write a... <laughs> Probably right uh, after the All-Star break. Like that, if I had to make a guess, an educated guess off of no information, right, I'm, I'm going to say All-Star game. We see him in that first game against the Boston Celtics. He's going to be there. Seth is going to be there. Drummond's going to be there. Patty will be there. Cam Thomas will definitely be there. Um, and then the Nets will go forward from there. So that that's, that's what I think, at least in terms of, KD, especially if if Katie's saying that he's and especially because he was in shoot around right uh, earlier today, if Katie is saying that he's close, then he's close. And the 24th is 12 days away. So basically two weeks, he's going to have time off, especially with the all star, you know, break and get extra R&R. Um, obviously, he's going to be doing some rehab and things like that. But if I had to guess, yeah, February 24th against the Boston Celtics, Katie is back in uniform. Speaking into existence, maybe Ben Simmons will be back then as well. That was my prediction. I hope that is the case. Ben and KD and Curry. Oh, man, that's going to be a heap of fun if we do get that. So fingers and toes crossed. Unfortunately, it didn't have as good news when it pertained to Joe Harris uh, when he was asked, when Steve Nash was asked about an update around him. Uh, Steve Nash said it's unclear if Joe Harris will need a second ankle surgery. Where do we stand with Joe Harris right now, Justin? Uh, it's tough. I mean, I know a lot of Nets fans, you know, wanted the Nets to maybe move Harris, you know, because of the uncertainty around the ankle. I believe he has, what, two years left uh, after this year on his deal. Obviously, we all know his, you know, shortcomings in the playoffs. Uh, you have some Joe Harris insurance now with with the addition of Seth Curry. But 
You know what? It, if anything, with the Nets, you know, standing pad on not moving Joe, it kind of just gives them another weapon just in their arsenal coming back later, right? So you kind of get, you know, once KD comes back and you, who knows what the situation with, with, with Kyrie is in terms of vaccination status. But to be able to say, oh, yeah, we have Seth Curry, we have Patty Mills as our three-point specialist, and then, oh, yeah, late in the season, oh, here comes Joe Harris, right? And it's not like Joe's game relies on a lot of athleticism either, right? He's just coming off the screens. He's in the corner. Um, so even if Joe was at like maybe like 80%, right, that's still great because it still poses a threat. Teams are still going to respect him. We saw it in the Buck series, right? Even when Joe Harris was missing shot after shot after shot, they were still closing out. They still weren't helping off him from the corner. So, you know, it, it sucks that Joe is hurt right now, and it sucks that we may not see him for maybe another month or so, but – when he does come back, and I'm confident he will come back this season, um, it just gives the Nets just another offensive weapon, especially with Ben Simmons having a plethora of scoring options to pass to. Yeah, it's gonna. I guess it's gonna be about his route of recovery. And you know, I alluded to the stat of you know Ben Simmons being the second best three point shooting creator, you know, outside of Russell Westbrook ever since he entered the league. And Joe Harris is certainly. Bloody good at that. You know, him, Seth Curry are, are two of the best ever at it when you're looking at active three-point percentage. And I think that, you know, you saying that, just him being out there as a spacer, you know, just opens up so much for for him, for KD, for Ben. Um, and that's when the Nets do look their best, even if he's just, you know, sitting in the corner. You know, I think I'm a little bit worried because of, you know, long-term ramifications. Is he going to have surgery? Is he going to play through pain? You know, what's that going to be? You know, I'm just hoping that whatever the route is, that Joe's going to be okay long-term. Uh, and I hope he is back. I, I'm I'm going to have an optimistic mindset about it like you do, but I'm also not as optimistic just because by nature, when it's the fact that he's having to, we're getting a really you know, inconsistent information around him. It, it doesn't fill me with the, the greatest level of hope. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, it kind of, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of the uh, the whole Alan Crabb situation with his injury when originally they said he was only going to be out for like, what, a, a, a few weeks or so, and it turned into months. And then I remember like Crabb ended up, I guess, I think it was he tried to like file a, not a, maybe a lawsuit or something like that, that like the Nets kind of like screwed up his medical thing. Um, the Nets always, you know, keep it tight-lipped when it comes to uh, medical uh, information with the team, and it's kind of you know, it, it's kind of maddening because sometimes when they say, oh, yeah, a few weeks and a few weeks turns into one to two months and then it turns into, oh, yeah, he's going to have to have surgery. And it's like, well, I just thought it was a bone bruise. And now what do you tell me? It's a fracture. Like, what are you talking about? So I definitely understand the concerns with, um, you know, Joe Harris. It def it kind of feels like 
a situation where Harris is going to have to have another surgery in the offseason? And then at that point, what does it look like? Uh, what is that surgery going to entail? Is he going to be back for the start of training camp? Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of question marks around uh, our good friend Joey Buckets. But like I said, it's, it's, it's good that they got some insurance for him uh, with Seth Curry. You know, obviously, you know, it's, 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 it's encouraging seeing Cam Thomas's three point shooting pick up. Uh, apparently Javon Carter is a sniper now. So, <laughs> so like Joe, Joey can take his time coming back. We got, we got, uh, you know, some very good replacements, uh, for him. Yeah. That few weeks later feels like, you know, the, the SpongeBob boys, a few weeks later, it's just <laughs> like, oh, it just takes so goddamn long. And we did hear his agent come out and speak to, I think it was Brian Lewis of the New York post saying that, you know, they're unsure of when he's going to, if he's going to have surgery or whether he's not going to have surgery. Yeah, that was, I think, like a week or 10 days ago, something around that. So there's still no update there. You know, I don't think we will get much like you alluded to, Justin, in terms of the way the Nets handle things. It can be frustrating, but as long as Joe Harris is healthy and he's back maybe, um, then I think that all, all of our frustrations will be eased. We'll get to, you know, you touched on Seth Curry there. We've touched on Andre Drummond a little bit. They could have played tonight, Justin. They could have played if that fat bearded Philly cheesesteak Daryl Morey simp wasn't freaking late for his physical. That was the uh, that was bullshit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I was so infuriated when you know Adrian Wojnarowski said the trade is official. Literally like as the game was starting in Miami. I could not be more livid. Yeah. You know it's interesting because I always thought that trades like when like obviously when the Nets tweeted out that, you know, Seth and, and Drummond were there. I thought the trade was finalized then. I didn't think that they still had, you know, incidental and logistic things. Cause I always figured, all right, they don't tweet out that they're a part of the team until they're officially a part of the team. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah. That was, that was definitely some, you know, if it's gamesmanship, you know what? I, honestly, kudos to, to, to Maury and Harden ran like, you know, just one last jab at the nets uh, because we saw everybody that was traded on trade deadline day, I believe aside from, um, aside from Christos Porzingis, uh, because he are, he has a pre-existing injury right now as it is, even though he is in uniform, I saw him with his highlight, you know, whatever at the wizards facility and things like that. So yeah, this is, it's kind of sucked. The Nets definitely could have used Seth definitely could have used Drummond out there tonight. Um, the fact that the physical came 15 minutes after tip off, it was just like, wow, really? This this rivalry is is gonna heat up March ten. It might be it's gonna be civil war on on Nets Twitter on NBA Twitter. It's gonna be crazy. But look, we'll take it one game. I think that if they were there tonight, well, there's a very high chance the Nets could have won the game. I'm looking forward to seeing you know them suit up and seeing Seth Curry motivated and Andre Drummond. You know both of those guys are acclimating with the team. Obviously, Drummond has his ties with Bruce Brown and Blake Griffin. Seth Curry, obviously, um, is an incredible shooter, and he's going to add so much to this team. Um, and I think some of his shot creation, you know, we dived uh, pretty deep into to that on the, the last buzz, Nick and I, so check that one out, as well as all the other episodes that we've been dropping lately. I do have a few questions that Nick and I weren't able to get to, which I promised listeners that I would get to on the next episode. The first one I want to ask you, Justin, is did the Nets dodge a bullet in not having to pay hard in this offseason and not giving him the extension in the first place? Uh, well, I mean, from the fact that it, it kind of seems and like all the reports are saying that he didn't want, he had a foot out the door, you know, as he got in here. Uh, clearly, I, I, I guess it would be the Nets did dodge a bullet. Um, 
You know, and it, it's interesting because, right, he picked up his, or at least reportedly he's going to pick up his 47. I heard, I heard conflicting reports about that I did as too. well. Yeah. I did too. So, like, that's why I said, like, I reportedly he's picking up the option for next season. Um, and then and then he stands to be maybe the first $60 million uh, man. The Nets definitely did that. I mean, if this season is any indication of what Harden is going to be like, uh, he's definitely not on the right side of 30. Um his body is breaking down as as we see. Um, not to say that, and it's not this is not to just like you know pile on to Harden. Obviously, he's still like when he's engaged, he's still a top twenty player in the league. But yeah, it's it's to be it to be handy handicapped to that contract while also paying your other superstar. It doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room in terms of making a you know fielding a roster around you with adequate pieces for a championship run. So I do think the Nets kind of did get lucky in terms of dodging that and as like the the Harden contract in, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean you made the point Justin about the contracts and you know 60 million dollars and whatever. People smarter than us have said you know Bobby Marks said it could be the worst contract ever. It could be Russell Westbrook like. It could be John Wall like. I look. I don't know. I think it could. He, I don't think he's going to age as well as say. Look, a Kevin Durant who's already in his mid thirties and continuing to play high level basketball. And I'm not. I'm not uncomfortable at all. You know, paying him. You know, an extended contract into his mid to late thirties. You know, they say it aged like fine wine. Kevin Durant's aging like fine wine. And James Harden's aged like you know box wine, like a goon sack, as uh, the Aussies would know down here. So, look, we'll see how it does all pan out. And. Uh, Ultimately, you know, he's Philly's problem now. So have fun with him, Daryl and Sixers fans. I wanted to ask you as well, Justin, do you think the Nets could be better, you know, with Ben Simmons in the package that they got than compared to James Harden? Because I've heard a lot of people saying this, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, it's it's tough, right? Because on its surface, you'd say, yeah, uh, the Nets were able to fill you know, two of their holes, which is perimeter shooting and an, an, an interior presence, you know, not to mention you also have Ben Simmons. But at the same time, it's like when Harden was engaged, right, and locked in, there was not a team in the league that could match up with a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy James Harden, a healthy Kyrie Irving. Like, that's what makes it so, like, weird to think about where it's like, are the Nets better off? Yeah, they might be now just because of you got a person that didn't want to be here out. Uh, someone who was clearly not the same person player as last year out, but ah, like the the think of like to what it you know what could have been right. It's going to go down as the great one of the greatest what ifs. But you know, looking ahead, the Nets definitely I think could be better off just in terms of like how this roster is constructed. Um, you know, you have a bunch of guys that can get out in transition. You know, Harden. You know, he he's great in the half court, right? He, he he's a wizard at the fat at the. Uh, uh, the pick and roll, he's a wizard at, you know, drawing contact, those step back threes when he's on are, are, are money. But, you know, now with Ben Simmons, the Nets can get out in transition. Kyrie, you, you saw it when Kyrie Irving came back to the team. The Nets were getting out in transition a lot more. Uh, you have guys that can run the break like Patty. Uh, you know, um, you did have Bembry, who's another guy that that, that, that ran the break very, very well. Uh, but now you have Seth that is also somebody that, that, that leaks out and get to that wing, that gets to that corner for a three-pointer. So you have Kessler Edwards, you know, who can get up the floor. And even Dayron Sharp, right? Dayron Sharp is, you know, he, he, can, he can motor, you know. So it, it's definitely, I think this this fit definitely fits the Nets going forward. Um, you know, what Ben Simmons, the Nets get, is going to be key in all of this. Uh, who knows what type of shape or whatever he's in. I mean, reports are that he's, you know, still in good shape right now. But as we saw with Kyrie, you know, it takes a little bit of time. 
time to get back into team shape and get back into the swing of things. So, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I think going forward, yeah, the Nets are better off, at least in this present moment, with Ben than uh, James Harden. Yeah, and, and look, the, the, I've said this a, a million times. The best version of the Nets with James Harden had an 129 offensive rating, you know, in the 300 or 334 or 35 minutes that they played together in the 16 games. That is truly insane. Are they going to be that level of, of quality with Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and Andre Drummond? Probably not, but they might be more balanced, as you alluded to there. So, look, ultimately, you know, there's no risk crying over Spielberg, what could have been. Um, it is a, a fun thing to think about. Uh, in saying that, do you think that this trade helps the Nets more this season or next season? I think it definitely helps them more so going forward because now you have uh, a, a, a guy like Ben Simmons locked up for the next few years, tied to Kevin Durant, who's already signed the extension. Now in the offseason, Marks will be able to you know, build a team around Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, and it and it works because their games mesh, right? I think the biggest thing when Harden came to the Nets was, oh, how are their games going to mesh? Because it's you know three isolation style players, but then they kind of showed like, hey, like they don't all need the ball in their hands. With Ben Simmons, it allows you to run to play small. And I think the Nets are their best when they play small. We saw that last year with Bruce Brown as the as the small ball five. Uh, when the floor is spaced out and spread, I mean the Nets are the most. They are the, the most lethal team in all of NBA. You know, you have Kyrie Irving on one wing. You have Kevin Durant on the other. You got Joe Harris in the corner. You, got, you maybe have Patty Mills on a wing. And then, oh, yeah, you have Ben Simmons, who's a, who's a freight train in transition. And then can, oh, yeah, he's 6'11", but has the passing skills of, like, a Magic Johnson. So this this definitely helps the Nets this year, no doubt. But moving forward, I think that's when you'll really see this team really take shape, you know, take form. And it could be even more deadly than it is right now. Yeah, I think it'll probably, if you're making me pick between the two, I'd probably say next season as well because you know it takes time to acclimate. It's going to take time for Ben Simmons to you know, get himself into game form. You know, Seth and, and Andre are there, but they have to acclimate with their new teammates, figure things out. Uh, but I think that Seth will be pretty fine in terms of his role. Andre Drummond as a big man obviously has to learn uh, a few little things in terms of nuances and defensive schemes, all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I think because of the nature of the fact that, you know, the Nets have been so unlucky with injuries this year. And if you're looking at next year, a semi-clean bill of health and you have the Nets where they are, you know, it's hard not to put them as one of the top championship favorites. Obviously, the East is a, an absolute slog right now, given, you know, Miami and Milwaukee and Philadelphia and Cleveland uh, and, and the way that the, the Nets are when they're at their, their, their fittest and, and, and fighting fighting health as well. So, look, I think it's next year. Final one I guess I wanted to ask you, Justin, is given where the Nets have ended up, you know, they traded our boys, Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, Rodion's Kruitz, uh, as well as all the first rounders, which obviously Sean Marks was able to get a few back in return in the trade. Ultimately, what the Nets have ended up with in their current form with Andre Drummond, a couple of first rounders still remaining, um, Seth Curry and Ben Simmons. Would you still have made that trade? Yeah. I'd still make it. I can't believe you left off the goat, Dazna Musa. I mean, come <laughs> on. <Jana. laughs> but um, but yeah, no, you make the trade a hundred times out of a hundred times. You know, you couldn't have, nobody could have ever predicted that we'd go into no nobody could have predicted that we would have this type of season, right? Nobody would would predict that there would be a New York City mandate that prevents, you know, Kyrie Irving from, you know, playing home games for the Nets. Nobody could have predicted that James Harden's hamstring would have, you know, been falling off the bone and he'd have to come 
try and put on his 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 Superman cape in the playoffs, right? Nobody could have predicted that Kevin Durant's foot would be too big. So, yeah, you still make it 100 times out of 100 times. You can't predict the future. Um, you know, it's just un- unfortunately, like, this is as Net fans, you're kind of used to, you know, bad things happening to you. And for once, when it seemed like you had something really, really positive going, boom, fate, you know, smacked you in the face. So, I, 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 there, any net fans that says they would, they wouldn't have done it is lying. Obviously, knowing the situation now, in hindsight, obviously you wouldn't. But if you didn't have this, you know, it, it, it is very revisionist to just say, oh yeah, obviously you wouldn't do it, because who knows how that net team would have shaped out with just Caris, just uh, uh, Jared, right? For all we know, and not for nothing, I think the most important thing out of that whole trade, right? The most important thing was that we were able to get. Uh, the physical for Chris Levert, right? Because yeah. if we don't get that physical for Chris Levert, who knows if that tumor, uh, I believe it was a, a cancerous tumor, who knows if that's ever detected? And if that's never detected, who knows how that affects him going down the road? You know, so I think that's the most important thing from a basketball sense. You know, yeah, maybe it would have worked out, but then you can also throw in the fact that, oh, what did the Nets do with Dinwiddie in the offseason too if they never made that trade? So, a lot of moving parts there, but I'd still say, you know, back then you'd still do it because we saw what Harden was like for that February and that uh, March. That was an MVP Harden. He was incredible. He was one of the the top players in the league and he was playing incredible basketball, MVP level basketball. And like you mentioned, there's things that are bigger than basketball and the fact that Karras was able to, you know, in, during the, the physical get that found out by the Indiana Pacers, you know, it's, it's life-saving and there's, Things that are bigger than basketball and, you know, being able to live a healthy life and the fact that he was able to cook his old team in Indiana in a Cavs uniform, I think a, a lot of Nets fans might be hoping or not hoping for a Cavs-Nets uh, playoff series because Jared Allen, who should be an all-star, Kevin Love told it to him. You know, I guarantee Kevin Durant would have picked him over James Harden as well. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But, yeah, any any final thoughts, Justin, on whether it's James Harden stuff? This Miami matchup, I appreciate you. And for those that are playing along at home, we'll give you a bit of behind the scenes. We had Skype drop out on us. So this final sort of five, <laughs> ten minute chat, I've been putting together. I've been doing a lot of editing and Justin's been staying with me. He's got the durability that is much greater than our boy James Harden. See, I put I put my Xbox playing on hold, man. So, you know, but uh, <laughs> but no, I would I would say, you know, the last thing I'll say is I absolutely love the fact that Kevin Durant was on the bench cheering along was just just as hyped as everybody that was playing um in that miami game you know he was he was getting on his feet he was cheering on the rooks right as you alluded to you know he did the 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 too small you know imitation when when cam got the shot up over lowry you know he was when when kessler edwards got the dunk and you could see the, the camera pan out he was you know fist bumping and things like that so i think that's one of the things that you know goes a little bit unnoticed by net fans sometimes is that you know, we there was the whole big thing about James Harden not being on the bench, right, during his whole hamstring injury. Uh, but Katie is 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 always on the bench, right? Unless it's like something like he's some something more pressing, he always makes it a point to you know be on the bench, support his guys. Obviously, Joe Harris is there every single every single game, which makes me think, all right, how much rehab is Joe doing? Because he has time <laughs> at every game. You know, it's time they can be rehabbing. But I digress. But no, that's, that's, that's the one thing that really stuck out to me is, is KD, you know, in his hoodie, because he wears nothing but hoodies all the time on the bench, you know, hoodie and his mask and, you know, his, his kicks, um, just just being a good teammate. And I think that's, that's, that's it's not lost on, you know, the guys that are in the, the room on the bench in the org. Um, that's a superstar that wants to be there. That's a superstar that shows the Nets. Um, so, 
Yeah, I would say that's 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 the most refreshing and my last takeaway from this pod. A true leader. Thank God for Kevin Seven. We love him more than maybe any other Brooklyn net that's ever played, and he's one of my favorite players ever. And we're very very lucky to have him in the black and white, blue, white, and red, whatever uniform the Nets are wearing. Justin, thank you for joining me. Make sure guys that you subscribe to us. Check out the other mammoth podcast nick and i did the other day diving deep into ben into the ben simmons stuff all angles of that from every single one five stars on apple podcast five stars on spotify make sure you check out all the awesome content at netra public justin where can the people find you uh they can find me netra public uh they can find me elite sports new york and also the saratobi sports podcast Love it. Love it. Make sure you follow me on Twitter so you can get a hold of all that stuff. I'll put his bio into the description. Thanks for joining us, Nets Word. We'll be back.